Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Mark J. Franklin, who is the current principal photographer and photo editor for Playbill Magazine, which covers everything involving theater and Broadway. Mark has photographed everyone from Jake Gyllenhaal, Hillary Clinton, Tina Fey, Adam Driver, and Ethan Hawke, to name a few. Beyond working for Playbill, Mark's work has appeared in the New York Times, Vogue, L and the LA Times to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Mark about how he went from majoring in theater and English in college to pursuing his passion in photography. I also speak to Mark about his approach to portraiture as well as some of the interesting projects he's gotten to work on while at Playbill. I hope you enjoy and thanks so much for listening. All right, well, uh, Mark J. Franklin, welcome to the podcast, man. Um, really excited to have you on um, with everything you're doing within like Broadway and theater. It's like a world I don't know a lot about. So I was really excited to talk to you about everything you're doing. Um, but I guess to start off, I was kind of curious, like uh, where you grew up and how you kind of got into photography initially. Yeah, well, I just first off, just want to say thanks for having me. I you know love this show and I listen to it. That's how I initially reached out, just because I listened to it. So thanks, man. Um, so thank you. Um, where did I grow up, and how did I get started in photography? Um, from Baltimore, Maryland, um, and my path to photography is a little circuitous, actually. Um, I have a twin brother who took a photography class in high school, and I was always really creative. Um, and kind of needed an outlet. I did a lot of theater in high school. I played an instrument. I took the art classes that I could. Yeah, um, doing, doing it all. I was just trying to figure out that outlet and figuring out what it was. I, I drew a lot, and um, but my brother took a photography class in senior year of high school that I couldn't fit into my schedule, but I was always like in the dark room with him. I was like trying to like take up as much information that I could from him. Um, and then I, you know, had always been taking pictures growing up with, you know, your little Kodak camera and then your, you know, your Canon point and shoot. And then junior year of college, um, I went to Boston College for theater. All right, right, and, in, my back, my, right in my backyard, man. Yeah, wait, we're, we're in Boston, are you? Yeah, yeah, I, I live in Franklin, Mass, but like I'm in the Boston area, I've been here forever, so that's cool. Yeah, I mean, Boston's like where my, my like adult roots were. Um, but um, I was doing too much in, in undergrad and I decided I'm going to say no to everything junior year and do what I want to do. And that was finally photography. Mm. Um, and so I got my first DSLR camera um, and then I've been shooting ever since. That was nine years ago, 10 years Cause, ago. Because what were you, like, college, what were you majoring in? Uh, theater in English um, oh, cool. and so I a lot of the early things that I was shooting were my friends who needed headshots who needed photos of their productions who you know needed you know I one of my earliest jobs in theater um, so I started photographing and then my department I got really lucky I had an administrator who saw my interest in the way that I wanted to tie it and then hired me full-time as their you know the theater department staff photographer okay and so one of the first jobs that i had was doing a marketing campaign for one of their shows that was new so things like that um that, kind of is how i initially got into it but 
then when I graduated, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, if I wanted to be a performer or a stage manager or a photographer. Um, so I tried to do all three. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's one thing I was kind of curious about, like when you're majoring in theater, cause I only know this cause I worked with somebody who worked at, uh, there's a theater in Boston in the South end, maybe been, it's like the Boston center of the arts. Yeah. It's, it's right on Tremont and it's been there for a while, I think. Yeah. And, but some, a lot of my early jobs were there. So I moved to New York, um, when I was 25. And so okay. after I graduated, I worked in that building. I was in that building probably every day from like the ages of like, 22 to 25. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. like, because uh, when you're going to school for theater, like I didn't realize like when I think theater, I'm like, oh, everyone's a performer. But we, what you probably don't realize is there's so many people involved with like making these shows happen. So like when you're studying theater at, at uh, BC, um, were you just thinking you're going to be a performer? And like, what was that kind of program like? Is it is it all based towards performers or do they teach people just even the other aspects of the business, be it like, back of the house, front of the house, because mm -hmm. there's a lot of moving parts, I would imagine, in this business. Yeah, so I I chose uh, Boston College for my theater education, um, specifically because it was a BA program, yep. um, and it was far from Baltimore. <laughs> um, but I chose it because I wanted to know the ins and outs of theater. I didn't know if I wanted to be a performer or if I wanted to do something else behind the scenes. I really loved design. In high school, I did a lot of like stagecraft and in, in tech stuff as well. So I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And yeah. so that specific program at BC was geared towards teaching the, the entirety of theater. So with that, if you're a student, you have to take acting classes, you have to take design classes, you have to do a certain amount of labs, which are like working in the scene shop, working um, on the crew of a show, you know, running the spotlight, learning the ins and outs of all of it. And yeah. With that, you're not going to, unlike a, a, you know, a BFA program, you're not going to go really deep into one specific asset. You're going to get a good education yeah. on everything else. And so what I really wanted to do while I was there was figure out what is the thing that I like to do um, and then further my education from there, I, you know, whether that's taking classes by myself like in Boston yeah. or, you know, you know, any other ways to get that information or, or, you know, there's always the grad school route afterward. But um, yeah, so I got a really a general overview and I discovered, you know, kind of on a, on a very loose level theater photography during that process. Um, but I didn't really like delve into it uh, as heavily as I do now until after I graduated. That's cool, man. And is there like anything you, you think you've taken from like, obviously you've been in productions and been a performer and, and stuff. Like, is there anything you kind of learned from those experiences you think you've been able to apply to like your photography being like you do shoot a lot of people. So it's like, I would imagine there's, there's some type of skill set being a performer. I mean, big productions, it's kind of a performance in itself on photo shoots sometimes. Yeah. So um, I also like just want to like, like, I realize at a certain point, I'm just a photographer. Like I, I have performed like yep. as, as everyone has in like their high school musical or like their college play, Got but it. I am definitely just a photographer. I do not Got want it. to do anything else. Like, that's <laughs> where, like my heart lies. Um, but the things that I learned from, you know, my theater degree are two things. Um, one, so much of photography is communication and storytelling yeah. and how with theater, you're telling a story yes throughout this large production but when you're directing 
you are, you know, every stage image means something. And that really applies to, to photography as well. Whether you're doing a large tableau, you know, like it's David LaChapelle, or if you're doing even just a solo portrait, being able to convey an emotion and capture an emotion and communicate to be able to get that emotion out of your subject is something that I take with me every single day of yeah. what I do now. But then the other thing that I learned, um, I was thinking about this a lot recently, um, which is the other thing that I learned was Boston College has a general BA program where you have to do everything. I learned how to just do, yeah. you know? I, you have to jump in and, and dive in and figure it out a lot of times um, with theater and photography as well. I, it taught me that don't wait to something is perfect before you go out and do it. Sure. Um, that is nice if, if it is perfect, but don't let that be the barrier of injury. And that is definitely what I do with photography and how I got to where I was. I had my camera and I just said, I'm gonna make my own work. I'm gonna figure this out by myself. I'm just gonna do it instead of waiting until I felt like I was you know, the best photographer. Cause that's one, an um, elusive, unrealistic goal. But, yeah, it's, um, it's, like a, it's like a constant building thing. Like, I don't know about you, but even like I look at some of the photos I shot last year or two years ago, I'm like, now I'm like, oh, why did I do that? I would do it differently now. It's, it's like this constant like evolution pretty much. Absolutely. Like I've been, especially with coronavirus right now, um, I haven't felt some of, uh, not Broadway shut down until 2021, but um, I know there are some people who are doing their own personal projects, you know, outside photographing. And I have not felt comfortable doing that myself. Um, So I've been going into those archives. and, And in that, you're like, oh my gosh, why did I photograph this? this way even just a year ago or six months ago yeah and then other times you're like oh i'm really proud of this but for me for a lot of the time it's like that cringe moment of <laughs> what was i doing and um i also went back and found like the first photos that i started photographing in college okay and they are it is the sunken place on that hard drive <laughs> Hey man, but don't throw it away, man. You, you got to keep those. You got to treasure those. That's, that's it's, it's the building blocks of it, you know. I'll uh, never get rid of them. There, that's like <laughs> those are you know my foundation. But I'm glad sure. that the world would not see those again. <laughs> um, so when you kind of got out of college, like you know, you want to be a photographer. Photographer at this point, like, did you kind of have a goal in mind? Like, I know you live in New York now. Was that kind of always the dream to live there? What was kind of your next transition once you kind of got out of school? Um, that transition was kind of, um, it was a little bit longer. So, cause I left college and I said, I'm going to be a, a figure out if I'm going to be a, a performer or a photographer or a stage manager or all three. And I, I, I feel like some people graduate and they know what they want to do. And I just wanted to try a bunch of things and start cutting things off of the list. Smart. Um, and so what I did was I got a job um, working at the Boston Children's Hospital in marketing, um, which I was so unqualified for. <laughs> um, but I learned a lot from that. But, you know, the state of the arts in Boston, I, I'm not sure in terms of photography, but for theater, it's really difficult to make a living as a full-time theater artist. Yeah. Um, this, the theater community and the arts community is just a little too small, um, yeah. especially if you want to do something like, you know, media photography or um, it, it's just a little bit too challenging. So 
I was working full time and then doing a lot of production and photography. And then I got, um, I became a member of a theater company that I helped to create myself um, that worked in the um, Boston Center for the Arts. Um, And I came on staff as their director of social media and uh, uh, social media and multimedia. So what that meant was because the way that I got involved was as a stage manager they needed a stage manager and I said I also do this other thing that I'm really passionate about um can I work with you guys and take your production photos they didn't have social media so I was, and I love social media so I was like I will run your accounts I will build this audience I will I had experience with marketing from my Boston Children's Hospital job yeah. I'll try to apply all of these things and and through that that was how I got a lot of my first early you know media clips it's how that's smart man because it gives you like access to kind of build your portfolio pretty much is that kind of what it was like yeah it and it's it was building my portfolio it was getting further access into this theater world that I really loved um and like I said Boston College teaches you how to to do (laughs) and so I I loved theater making and I loved these artists who had originally created the the theater company and so um it, it, it helped me um, really push myself forward because I knew that I knew where the the stepping stones were in Boston in the traditional route that yeah. you get to you know be a full time performer there and I wanted to I knew that my path wasn't that one and so I wanted to figure out ways to to move further in my career and and using this platform as this of this theater company as a way to influence my photography work was so important. Yeah. What yeah. is it about like the theater world that you kind of enjoy being? Cause like the cool thing about your photos, it's like you get to do like studio portraits of like these really, like really famous actors, like Paul Dano, I thought Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. all these like legends. And then you'll do like some of my favorite stuff you do is like the behind the scenes, like they're kind of getting ready and it's like a mixture of stuff. But like, what is it about this kind of the theater world that you kind of, makes you kind of what's your passion for it you think I think you know that's like a question nobody's ever asked me that before (laughs) (laughs) um I think it's a mix of a few things one it's theater is a mix of all of these other art forms coming together whether that's performance whether that is light design whether that is sound design um music is a huge passion of mine even though I'm not like a musician like music itself so like sound design and costume design they're all of these art forms that come together for this really ephemeral thing that the audience is there with you and the perform like it's live you're all in this together every single performance is unique to just that one time that it happens and i really love that aspect of it and even when i was you know stage managing professionally in Boston, I had a little notebook where I was just like taking notes on like everything everybody else was doing. Yeah. Um, because it is such such an intersection of all of those things. And then when you get to Broadway, it's the same thing. It just becomes even bigger because suddenly you are photographing but the Broadway ecosystem is very tiny. And so I'm photographing for this media site, but I'm also seeing how Broadway producers are marketing their show. And I'm also seeing, you know, the same time that I might be photographing, um, you know, for a feature in the corner, somebody is starting to do interviews for a media spot um, that is for their own commercial advertising. So it's, 
you're just getting a lot of access to a lot of things um, through the theater. But the the interesting um, uh, internal crisis that I'm in now is what how long would that theater path take me? Yep. Because I know a lot of my dreams and, and goals and aspirations after this are, aren't just in the theater world. I love editorial photography. I love, you know, I want to work for a Conde Nast. I want to work for a DQ. I want to do shoot for Vogue. I also want commercial things. And that goes, that extends beyond Broadway. And so the same way that I did when I was at the Boston Center for the Arts is how can I take this Broadway sphere and build my portfolio and really uplift this community that I love while also advancing what I want to do in my own career. And the question is, I don't know, I'm figuring it out. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, every, and even, yeah, it, I definitely can see that in your work, man. Like all these portraits, like obviously you work at Playbill now, which I'm going to talk to you about. But like when I look at these like portraits you're doing, they're like shot in a studio or something really nicely lit. Like I can see, yeah, I can see those living anywhere in GQ or whatever magazine. It's not. Oh, thank you. It, yeah, it's it's interesting just to see everything you do. Um, but yeah, like I know you're working at Playbill now. I think you've been there for what four or five years. I think uh, three, and a half. three and a half. How did that come about? And for people listening, what is Playbill? I know it a little bit. I haven't been to a lot of productions. I, I need to get out there once COVID is hopefully over. Get I need <laughs> to see more like live shows, you know. Um, but what is Playbill for people kind of listening? Yeah, so Playbill um, originally started as kind of the program that you get when you go to a show. Um, it is an institution that is known in New York and then around around the country and around the world. Um, they're known for their yellow banner. And it, it started off as just the program that you get to a show, but then it has become a theater magazine. Mm -hmm. And so the way that it it is run, our organization is run, um, is just that of a media site. We, um, in addition to, you know, the bios and everything that you'll see in the actual print magazine, you'll get features, you'll get quizzes, you'll get advertising, um, you'll get all of the same things that you'll get in a standard magazine, um, except it's in this small little pamphlet that you get. And all of those things are, are theater uh, focused. And then we also, where we come to life the most, I feel, is our, our digital um, publication as well. Okay. Um, and that is running features. That is really the same way for any other, like I said, publication. Um, it is just a theater focused niche um, site geared to the ins and outs of Broadway and the arts um, on stage and off stage. So and that's like what how, we, Yeah, it's interesting. And like, how did you kind of become involved being that you're, it looks like you're a photographer, but then you kind of help out with like some like photo editing. I think you even said you use a little bit of writing kind of stuff for some of the stuff. How, but how did that kind of come about for you? Was that like, something you were kind of going after to work with uh, Playbill or how did it kind of all come together? Yeah, I wanted to do uh, Broadway photography um, as one of the things that I had it, I had in my roster of, of things that I shoot. Um, and I was just in New York City. I When I moved to New York, I realized that I didn't want to work a full-time job the same way that I was in, in Boston. I really wanted to take, um, at that point I knew I wanted to be a photographer. Um, and I wanted to take that seriously. And so I got a restaurant job and I was doing that to, to make ends meet and photographing as much as I, I could. And um, with that, you know, that I was reaching out to, to any application that I could get. Um, 
in terms of like photographing this production, photographing this. Um, but one of my friends from college works in marketing at Playbill and just reached out to me and said, hey, I know you've been photographing. I know this is what you want to do. Are you looking for a full-time job? Um, we're looking for a new staff photographer. And I was like, yes, staff <laughs> photographer jobs in general just like do not exist. No. Um, and so I heard staff photographer Broadway. And I was like, I will jump at this opportunity. And it's Playbill, this the access and it's like their name, the brand itself is like. Exactly. Like I grew up, like when I first moved to New York City, I was looking for jobs. Um, I'm still performing a little bit. Um, yeah. I was looking for jobs on Playbill.com. I was reading Playbill.com every single day. And so when it was like, for a playbill, I said yes. But the what was scary about it was that um, they were in final round interviews, and so oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no I'm not expecting anybody. It's okay. I'm sorry about that. I think I somebody in my building needed a, to get a package or something. <laughs> don't even worry about it. I'll just edit it together. It ain't a big deal. Um, okay. um, yes, but, we we were talking about like you kind of got the job at Playbill. Once you kind of got the job. Like what was kind of the role, um, what were kind of some of the responsibilities you kind of took on and what was kind of the early days of this kind of work in there? Oh, sure. Um, so, yeah, so my title is kind of in flux at the moment. Um, so I initially came on as the staff photographer slash um, assistant photo editor. Um, but with furloughs and the state of COVID right now, I'm the assistant photo editor but I'm not the assistant to anyone. <laughs> so, um, so, um, you're, the you're the boss now, Mark. You're the boss. I'm the boss now. <laughs> um, no, but um, so yeah, I'm the staff photographer and photo editor. And so with that, I am there nine to five photographing, you know, all the events that happen. And we have um, uh, an events photographer as well, but I'm, I'm photographing the events um, that happen, whether that is a press and media day giving a sneak peek of you know the shows that are coming, whether that is an opening night of a production, whether that is you know a concert that is happening in you know Bryant Park, um, that is theater related, whether that is a CD signing, all of those like any event that will happen on Broadway, yeah. um, I'm there covering. I'm also there to um, provide images for the features. So whether that is um, an interview that somebody's done with, you know, a famous Broadway actor or designer, really visualizing that the same way that you would do um, an editorial spread in, you know, Vogue. So yeah. we do a lot of that. And, and then also the other part that what I do, uh, of what I do is using the images that already exist on Broadway to tell stories. Um, so we have this since, uh, since Playbill has been around for so long, we have this vast photo archive. Wow, that's, am that's amazing. Yeah, because it just has so much like rich in history. It must be, that must just be fun part of the job is getting to see all these old photos and stuff. So many old, old photos from, um, I'm thinking, I don't remember how old the oldest photo that I've had, but you know, back from when you're getting film slides sent to you and we have a film, a, a slide digitizer. So yeah. sometimes you're just having to like pop those in, digitize <laughs> them and run them in our CMS so we can, you know, make a gallery of look back at, you know, the 1946 production of blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's um, cool. Which is really cool. Um, it's terrifying. Sometimes you're like, I'm going to hold this archival photo let me wipe the pizza grease from my hand <laughs> during lunch before i touch this um so it's like telling those stories or um 
or figuring out like a, a prime example is something that we did um, right now with COVID too, without having any source of our, our typical content resources, you know, those events that I was talking about. It's a lot of like making clickable, engaging, fun quizzes for people. Yeah. Like, can you guess this production based off of this still? Or look back at the history of, you know, Rogers and Hammerstein, Cinderella through the ages on Broadway. Um, so it's really using the content that we already have in maximizing those, but uh, and really telling visual stories with the images that already exist. It's no, a it's a whole a, lot of I know, man. It's every magazine right now with COVID and everything. They're just trying to. You really got to get creative and like make something out of nothing. It's really a challenge. Um, mm -hmm. But when you kind of got on board with Playbill. Um, when you're kind of photographing for them, do they kind of this, do they give you a lot of art direction in, in terms of like the photography or do they kind of just let you kind of do your thing, kind of approach it the way you want to shoot it? Or how's that aspect of the visuals kind of work with them, I guess? Yeah, so it's, that's the fun part of my job um, and the challenging part of my job. It's, it's me. Like I don't have, I don't get any other art direction. I don't get, it's, what it's my brain and my that's own kind of, that's that's the dream man that's awesome <laughs> it's the dream but the, what the challenge is is with that i think people think of broadway press and broadway photography and think that it's really glamorous i have a budget of zero dollars period yeah. and so like when you talk about art direction you have that dream of constantly being creative mm -hmm. but then it also becomes a, a trick of stamina how yeah. can you continue generating without the same resources that say a, a larger yeah. publication that isn't in the niche near the theater of focus yeah just like the equipment the assistance when you're trying to do more and more so yeah i, I feel that yeah that's right. kind of a but, challenge but that's but that's i feel like that's something that i've been doing my entire career though is figuring out ways to come up with that art direction and stay creative without resources mm -hmm. um like i am like just to, to be blunt, like I grew up as a poor kid in Baltimore and something that I have learned how to navigate is whether it's photography or anything else, the arts can be, a, a, um, if you have money, if you are wealthy, you have an easier time gaining access in the arts. Definitely. You are able to take that unpaid internship. You're able to afford that really nice camera. You're able to do all of these things that somebody without those same resources can't. And so throughout my entire career, I've been able to teach myself or figure out ways to stay creative despite not having, you know, the, the oh, wealth. Hold on one sec, Mark. Oops, sorry about that. I mean, we're getting all these noises, man. <laughs> it never happens. There's like someone doing their lawn. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, well, we were talking about this kind of this, the resources and you kind of growing up, I guess. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just saying that the barrier of entry um, and, and creativity um, can be challenging when you don't have those same resources. And something that I've learned to navigate both at Playbill and before Playbill is I never want those lack of resources to be a hindrance. Yeah. And sometimes art direction is for me is this, if it's Mean Girls, for instance, I will get out this pink backdrop. That is what it is. Sometimes I, I think for instance, we did um, SpongeBob the musical came to Broadway and we were photographing um, the director. And I said, I have no resources. Um, but I can order these really um, big, bold, yellow dots. 
and you know make a set out of that and that set was just a wall but it really lent itself to what that is spongebob is a sponge he's porous he's bright he's yellow this director is the same way and you know and then with that limited budget you're also going back to that communication aspect that I was talking about and saying, this is what we, what we're trying to achieve. Um, and really let the, the heart of that person's spirit kind of lends itself to that direction, that creative direction that you're going in. And then the other times too is I will just put down my own money <laughs> for things. Yeah. If it's like something, you know, like, Oh, this is going to be a good portfolio piece. I'll, I'll put a little change. I've been there, man. Those editorial projects where you, you got a couple hundred bucks. I'm like, all right, this is, that's like investing in yourself pretty much. Right. And there was this one, I will, I think this was like one of the first times that I started doing this. I had been at Playbill for like a year and a half or something like that. Um, and I knew there was this show that was coming. That was like a, a, really big teen hit show and I was like this actor his name is George Salazar immensely talented really cool really fun um and I was like I want to show you as like the Broadway's you know equivalent of Joseph Gordon-Levitt or you know that kind of cool indie indie guy yeah and so once again without a budget I said this is what we're looking for I emailed his his uh, press rep and said, can he wear a t-shirt, sneakers, and but a suit with it, cuff those pants, so it feels really tailor- tailored and really sleek, and then you just have to hope for the best, because you know, I don't have a, a, a budget for the wardrobe, and then I said, this show has a lot to you know, to do with like the online world, video games, things like that, so I rented out an arcade um, with my own money, and wow. I'm so happy with how those turned out, but um, I was like, just because I don't have the resources here at, at Playbill does not mean I would not get this portfolio piece. Yeah, it's uh, get, it, get it done any way possible, man. That's yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's the attitude. I like that, man. Um, and you know, being that you shoot like live events, portraiture, um, all the kind of the documentary stuff behind the scenes, like what is the kind of stuff that you're most passionate about? What kind of what kind of like assignments and things like that? What what kind of stuff do you feel like you're you're mostly focusing on what kind of stuff do you like doing more than the others you think? Um, I'm going to answer that two ways uh-huh. um, from the, both like from the, my work perspective, but then also me personally in my totally. career. So for me, when I'm talking specifically about Playbill, my, the thing that I feel most passionate about is anything that is an editorial feature. That's not necessarily an editorial portrait shot, but you know, like you said, those things that, um, when you're looking backstage and behind the scenes, anything that will really um, get to show Broadway, the intricacies of Broadway and those un, those behind the scenes, unseen moments for an audience, that's what I really loved Playbill to begin with. I, was, I thought like, I wanted to be a part of this community and Playbill was giving me access to yeah. see things and that I never would have and learn in, about you know parts of shows that I never would have. Um, and being able to pay that forward and create that same content um, for other people is really important to me. Whether that is, look at the props of this show, look at how, what it takes for this actor to get into character every day. Those are the things that I really love. Um, And then also with that editorial portraiture, I, for instance, I do a feature um, that is 
it's kind of a more of an editorial lifestyle feature, but it was a day, um, I do a day in the life series. And then I also did a lifestyle feature that was called Summer in the City. Yeah. And I was like, people want to know the, who these Broadway people are the same way that we all have fascinations with our favorite pop stars. Yeah. And so I started this lifestyle feature where uh, every summer, I mean, before this one, <laughs> um, <laughs> every summer I would just ask, um, you know, you can you, you show me what you love to do in the summer and I'll photograph it and we'll do an interview and really get to see the person behind just the art. Well, that's uh, cool. Cause you get to, sp- I would imagine with those shoots, you get to spend more time than you normally do. Cause I, I mean, I know the name of the game, like looking at some of these amazing portraits you do, I'm sure some of these actors, you're not getting a lot of the time all the time. It might be like five minutes, not 10 minutes or whatever it might be. So is it, yeah. when, when you're working on day in the life, is it kind of, you feel like you get more time sometimes to kind of work and kind of collaborate with these actors? Yeah, so the, and that's the fun thing about it is um, you're getting, one, you're getting time, um, which is such a gift. Like when you're, like you said, doing editorial portraiture, I'll never forget, I did a shot with Jake Gyllenhaal and Tom Sturridge. Yep. Um, and for that shot, I had three minutes. Damn. You know, and, and then you always advocate for time to get there and set up, but I had three minutes the selects that I had were, I think I ended up getting two shots that I was like, I would feel comfortable running this, but you know, it's for a magazine. You only need two. <laughs> you need one for the <laughs> content, you need one for the headline. And so, um, so, the, so when you were dealing with that, the flip side, like you said, is having the time with these actors. And when they're not, you know, big movie stars, the way that Broadway has kind of attracted these days, when they're, um, you know, tried and true theater folk they're just regular people like some of these stars that are photographed live in my neighborhood we take yeah. the same train home together and so getting the time to get to know them as people in this very small ecosystem is really fun it's really reassuring and then they also come to you with ideas of like oh um i really love doing this thing do you want to go try to photograph that or yeah. i have this idea of what if um I wore this and we got this really cool shoot. Um, and you have to go through the appropriate channels because it is still press. Yeah. Um, like I will, you know, go through the press rep and say, this is what we're, this is the concept, this is all of that. And then sometimes people will be like, will text me, <laughs> tell it will text me after be like, thanks, I'm so excited to do this thing. I got the pitch. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? I'll just text them back. Wow, that's, I was actually going to ask you that with like actors who, you know, are used to like working with directors and stuff. Do you find that when you're photographing them, like actors, are they looking for a lot of direction or is it kind of like you said, like they're kind of, they're bringing their own creative thing to it or is kind of every situation a little bit different for you? Every situation is a little bit different. Um, for the most part, I do find that my subjects they're excited to get their picture taken. If they're an actor, if you're anything, yeah. if you are a theater actor, if you are like, I with Cynthia Nixon and Laura Lenny did a show and they did not want to have their photo taken. They were so nice and so professional, but they were like, we've done this a million times. I just want to go into rehearsal. Um, and so when you are a theater actor, like this press 
system is new and it's exciting. And so people, when you're an actor, you're really into that. If you're a director, if you're a writer, if you are a stage manager, you do not, they do not want to have that picture taken. <laughs> How do you deal with those tough situations? Because it's like, it's tough sometimes. Like some people, yeah, it's like for them, it's like going to the dentist and getting like a root canal or something. So they don't want to be there, like you said. So how do you kind of finesse those situations, I guess? Yeah, I, I just go back to my my theater training um and and say just communicate overly communicate i give a lot of direction i get a lot of clear direction but i also make it clear like if i give this direction that sits well for you in your body i am not you you work in theater you have an awareness of so much more because like you know we're theater people we're sensitive um so like if something doesn't sit with you tell me i'm not you know, immovable, these are all suggestions. So I always say that um, and really try to create something that's empathetic direction that is also flexible enough that it can be interpreted from that subject. Yeah. <clears throat> so I do that from the theater side. And then from the photography side, I go back to once again, my photography training and um, how do I maintain focus on a set? How do I get them in and out, you know, in a way that is not wasting their time, mm-hmm. but still allowing us to get the best shot. And I still feel confident that I've gotten what I need. How do I um, make sure that I have properly lit the set beforehand yeah. um, so that they, all they have to do is walk on, get their picture taken and go? Because like I said, when you're dealing with somebody who does not want to have their picture taken, the last thing that I want to think about is like, okay, great. I need to move this key light or this you know, the set isn't working the way that I need it to. Yeah. I want to make sure that it's all secure. So then boom, I can boom, kind boom. of, yeah. what was that? I was just like, boom, boom, boom. Get them in, get them out. Like Get them in, get them out. But then also make sure that they're having a pleasant experience. One of the things that I, I know that I'm not the world's best photographer. I know where my, where I want to keep growing. But one of the things that I consider a strength of mine is my ability to relate to my talent and and communicate with them and engage with them in a way that they're both in and out, but they also like have an enjoyable time. I've had people start a photo shoot and say, I do not want to be here, <laughs> which yeah. is always like, that is the sunken place. You never want to start there. Yeah. But then I've had them leave and say, thank you. This is the best photo shoot that I've ever had. That's, um, that's, and I'm that's, like, that's the dream, man. That's, that's what, that's what you want to do. It's like, and I, what are you going to say? As I say, that's the dream, but that's also like the nightmare because they say this is the best photo shoot that I've ever had. But I'm like, but you haven't seen any of the photos. I hope I know <laughs> what, what you were expecting. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's always a tough situation. Um, I, I was reading your Instagram. You photographed Tina Fey, and I thought mm-hmm. it was funny, and I could relate to this. You know, you were photographing her, and you, in the comment you, you wrote, you know, I think you were coming back to your friend or something. You're like, yeah, uh, Tina Fey made a joke on set. And I, I was just like so so nervous. <laughs> I just I just stared at her in the face because I was so shook. That's what you said. Yeah. Uh, what was did it kind of take you a while to kind of get used to photographing some of these bigger personalities? Because like I said, you photograph like a lot of like A list actors that people see on all the big Hollywood features and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it has. It's um, it's I definitely have grown into that a little bit more. I know my first few months at Playbill, I was just nervous the entire time. Um, <laughs> but I go back to, once again, like the photography. I am not there to be a fan. 
yeah. I'm there to, to get a photo. And the talent as well, I've learned from, from Broadway, in which like we're all in this talented you know, ecosystem, this small ecosystem together, and kind of applying that to the, to the A-list celebrities as well. They're just people. They mm-hmm. like have to catch the train the same way that I do. They have to eat the same way that I do. And exactly. so um, I learned that like Tina Fey did not want to walk in to that set and be like, oh yes, you, I am Tina Fey. She was like, I'm going to take a photo. And like, yeah. she ma- I would never forget. She made a Paula Poundstone joke, who is this comedian, was yeah, always yeah. known for her blazers. And I know that now because not only did she make that joke and everybody laughed, I was like, one, Tina, it's Tina Fey. She's the funniest person in this room. I don't know how to respond. I will never say anything to make her laugh. Yeah. And then I was also like, I don't know who Paula Poundstone is. <laughs> so you had to go, I like reset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, mm-hmm. And then I like, yeah. I don't even know what I said. I like blacked out a little bit. But, um, but I, you know, I went back to what I always try to do. Put them at ease. Yeah. Um, get her in and out. That that specific shot was for the Tony Awards press junket. So mm-hmm. already at that, for those, I get, thir- no exaggeration, 30 seconds. Yeah, because they're going to like 25 interviews, like da 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And they do the interview for us, for Playbill, um, in, our, in our booth, they do the, the interview and then I get the photo right as they leave. Yeah. Um, and so, it's always the, the, the press rep is like, okay, thank you. And I have to be like, one second, do you mind a quick photo? And um, we've done it enough times where now they know that I will want the photo. So they, they're start, slowly starting to account for that in the time. But um, the first few years, it was like, you get 30 seconds. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, but yeah, so like it's putting people at ease and getting that shot, getting them in and out. Yeah. It's, in, like, in, it's like building that confidence. He's kind of now you're now you're a pro. You've been you you've been through this so many times. It's just like on the next one. It's kind of building that confidence in yourself, pretty much. It's um, the confidence in myself, but then also with the theater niche as well with those bigger press junkets. And I guess thinking out loud, all of them, since we're in this theater world all together, they the talent knows me. They may not know me personally, but they recognize me. So yeah. when they are getting to a precedent. They have, because they have seen me on a red carpet time day in and day out, because they have seen me at, you know, their opening night day in and day out and as just a person, when they get to the really big press events, they're seeing the New York Times, they're seeing the LA Times, they're seeing a lot of, you know, the bigger publications. And those are people that they do not know at all. And so when they come to, to me, I've been with them through their Broadway journey from the beginning to the end. So... I, they're like, oh, it's finally a refreshing face. So they're a little bit more um, um, inclined to be warm and engaging with me. And it's because like Playbill is like such a part of the actual community of uh, theater. It's not just like the LA Times, they're, they're shooting the Super Bowl and they're shooting every X, Y, right. and Z, but you guys are really part of the community. And I don't imagine, because like looking at one of the photos I really enjoyed, you posted on your Instagram, it was like, the rehearsal of one of the productions and it was like this big room and there must have been like I don't know 60 people plus in there and it was just like I think you even commented this like one of your favorite parts is the rehearsal and it seemed like 
that must be kind of a cool aspect of the business is like you build these relationships with these people. Like you said, it's like you get to see them from the beginning and kind of work their way up in this business. And it's kind of building those relationships because you get you get the shots that the L.A. Times isn't going to get, you know? Yeah, you, you get those shots that the L.A. Times isn't going to get. Um, although I I'm like putting this in like the mental pinboard to come back to it, which is like access, yep. especially as Broadway has become more mainstream and more into pop culture. But I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, with that that access that we have now, because we are playable, I'll once again I'll get invited to be, you know, in the rehearsal room or there. You know, the press, the the producers are looking to take a you know a key art shot um, for you know, X, Y, Z, can, and they need somebody to photograph it, can that be you? Mm-hmm. Um, can that be me? And so that is a, a, a gift that comes with longevity and familiarity. Um, you know, one of my coworkers, um, kind of like early on into when I was working at Playbill, made kind of a, a dark joke about Broadway. And he said, sometimes this can feel like an industry that doesn't reward talent, but rather longevity. Yeah. Um, and that was because there's like the gamut of who is on a, on a red carpet can be like, we are this major outlet and we're this person. And then here's somebody who runs a theater blog who has been running that theater blog with their point and shoot camera for the last 20 years, you know? Yeah. And that that is kind of cool. But what I learned with that statement is longevity doesn't necessarily mean that you're just like, you know, skating along for that time. What that really means is that you're building trust in this industry so you're building confidence in yourself but like they know that when i when they hire me whether that is you know for a producer hiring me or inviting me to something or if they're coming in for a press thing for playbill they know my work they know who i am they know how i engage with people they know kind of what the process will be like and that takes time and you have like a knowledge and respect for the craft where it's like and that's like a major point. Like I, I, I've made this reference before. Like I grew up like skateboarding, and that was kind of my early jobs. I like shot for skateboard magazines, and the way skateboard magazines work is like you have to be a skateboarder to like even get like published in those magazines because like you have to be a part of the community. So it kind of it's like the it goes back to the respect, and it's like you have the knowledge of that craft, and it probably goes a long way within your photography. Right, and it's you have knowledge of that craft. I think. Something that makes me think of though is when we think about like the the Broadway photographers who are on this beat for other you know media sites. Um, there's like six of us, like the six core main Broadway photographers. That is an arbitrary number. The point is like it's very small. It's just yeah. a handful of us. Um, and so, in a lot of ways, it feels like the the gate, the the entryway is very small. And especially during this time where we are in the world right now, I continue to feel very grateful for to be where I am because I am the only black theater photographer. Wow. Um, and that is challenging. I think, in, and we'll get, you know, on some of the bigger assignments, like the Tony Awards press day or, you know, something that might be like, you know, black Getty photographers or syndicated photographers, but in terms of the ones who are in this ecosystem, in this Broadway beat, it's me. I'm the only black photographer. And the fact that I've been able to build this trust and and get to where I am, I don't take for granted. Um, 
because, you know, it's, I don't want to ever say that like being a black photographer is unwelcome because that is not the case. I've been welcomed with open arms to the Broadway community, but like it feels really homogenous. And so from in the back of your heart, when you are the only one, it feels like, oh, am I valued? And so the fact that I've been able to get to where I am through just like hard work and dedication and that longevity and, and, and determination is really fight to show my value in this. And the fact that like, I do get hired to freelance on top of, in this community, on top of what I already do for Playbill, I don't take for granted for a second, but it's also challenging because you're also like, as the one, I just wanna make a good photo and I don't wanna have to be the representative to speak for all Yeah, that's like, that's a lot of pressure, man. Like it's It's just like- It's a lot of pressure, especially because like, you know, being black, black people are not a mono, monolith. We are not the same. And But at the same time, everything that I go to, I that is in the back of my brain of like, you got to rep it for the fam, you know, you got to, <laughs> you yeah. got to, yeah. and that's not fair, but hopefully by, by establishing that trust and putting my best foot forward, that opens the door for other people. Um, but yeah, I just feel grateful and I'm going to, I don't know keep fighting for it to keep moving that dial definitely it's been like with everything that's kind of happened in the last like with all the protests and things going on i'm sure you've noticed it too within with our business photography it seems like there's awfully more of an open conversation i know diversify photo is an organization that's kind of pushing um just kind of those underrepresented photographers in our industry um so it's, it's like do you feel like with everything going on the conversation is you think feel like there's going to be change and kind of new voices or what's your kind of feeling with everything going on? I hope there's new voices because those voices are not necessarily new. They're still there. They just don't get the platform opportunities. Yeah. And the same opportunities. And I feel like there, it's funny right after the initial wave of protests after George Floyd, I feel like, you know, I would go on Instagram and it was like suddenly every major brand suddenly discovered black photographers and black models. Like you would go to like the gap or I don't want to call it the gap. Like, but like you'd go to like fashion brands and they would, it would just be like black model after black model after black model. And it's like, well, that's not what we're asking for either. We just want to be, we want the same opportunities. We don't want to be like fetishized for exactly. them. And so I, with some of my black photographer friends, I would call it, um, we would call it black spirit week. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. It's like, all right, you guys are talking now, but let's talk in 12 months from now, two years from now, 10 years from now. It's like, it's like put your money where your mouth is. That's pretty- right. I, I don't want to see a black square because you're going silent. And then it followed by like an Instagram post that says we take responsibility followed by like a week of black models and then things go back to the same. I, and I feel like we might be getting to this point, but I wanna see a sustained change. I wanna see just equal opportunity. And I know that's something that we've been trying to do at Playbill is we know that we are gatekeepers for voices. And so we're working really hard to amplify voices in a sustained way. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that comes with the growing pains of being caught out of like, yeah, it seems like you guys are posting a lot about this now. And, but will this happen, you know, in five months? And I, I can't speak for the entirety of our organization, but yeah. I know for myself, hold us accountable. I'm a black, 
you know, photo editor, but I still need that same reminder the same way that everyone else does. Like, mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I, the same way that I see that shift from our organization, I hope I see that in photography and the arts in general. Definitely. We'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. I agree. Um, and, you know, I saw, uh, I, I went deep on the feed, man, on your Instagram uh -oh. researcher. I went deep on the feed, man. I saw, I think, uh, one, Early on in your, when you started working at Playbill, they sent you to the Caribbean and I you were <laughs> photographing uh, a cruise, which I was interested. I've never been on a cruise. It just seemed like a cool opportunity. What was that all about? You went in deep. Yeah. And we talk about, I do like, my work. I do my work, Mark. <laughs> I know you do your work. Once again, I listen to your show. <laughs> you do your work. Like, and you routinely ask like the most empathetic research questions. Like I just, the fact that I'm doing this is such an honor. Uh, no doubt. Um, but um, the cruise. Um, <laughs> so we have a travel section to our organization, yeah. um, which is these luxury cruise line cruises, in which it's like um, people love going on cruises, but they're those like those big, you know, like Holland America cruise lines, where you're like, it feels like an adult, you know summer camp on a boat um we <laughs> do here's the margaritas and here's the <laughs> truly and i've been on those and they are i'm mm, crazy <laughs> insane um but we have a smaller version of that that is geared toward theater and so we'll get some of the best talent on broadway at the moment and you know a handful of them um and do a cruise with them and so you're able to go do that same thing where you're spending all day on a boat with a margarita, but then at night you go and you get a, a solo show every single night. From, so, did you, so did they send you out? You, you stayed for like the whole week and photographed the whole deal? I, I stayed the entire week Damn. on that cruise. I had been at Playbill for a month, a month, <laughs> six weeks, something like that. And I was terrified. It was the first time one that i had been ever been out of the country okay. um and so that was already terrifying um but then also i was like nobody knows me here i don't know what is expected of me <laughs> because like i have not done this before i've been here for a month and a half yeah. um and but it was so fun i mean the days were long you're working 18 hour days but like when you're working 18 hour days on a boat in the caribbean ocean like i will do that any day i would imagine um, your connection with like your co-workers and the performers is even tighter because like not only are you like working on this production together you have nowhere to go you're stuck on a boat <laughs> right you're stuck on a boat but this is the thing like you talk about like your your connection to your coworkers and the talent is greater i had been there for a month and a half i didn't have a connection to true, true. Yeah. Um, and so i i got to know it was also from our from our staff there was only they only sent me and one other reporter there who was kind of like the liaison for that cruise and then um our ceo and the vice president so it was like a small crew of us and then the rest was just like the talent and like guests and like the cruise ship um guests and so we i got a lot closer to the talent from that but yeah. um i mean it's crazy because once again you're stuck on this boat and what my job was was to really capture the entire experience, both yeah. from like a commercial standpoint and then also an editorial standpoint, like really showing what this is about. Like I went snorkeling with Tony Award winner, <laughs> which is crazy to me. She's brilliant. But the fact that I was like on this little, like, cause one of the excursions one day, um, 
was like to go snorkeling and we were on this boat. I was not in the water because I I had my camera. So I was like there to photograph like the experience of going yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. And so I'm on the boat, she goes in snorkeling and she comes out and I've always like, once again, like I've always loved the theater. I looked up to her, you know, forever. That's and so she comes out and early cause she just wasn't super comfortable. Um, and so we ended up just having this long conversation about like theater and acting and empathy through your artwork. And I was like, I'm being paid right now to do yeah. that. You're like, yeah, yes, I made it, man. A month into this job, yes. Right. <laughs> so we learning though. That was the only time that I went because when I'm gone, then that means I can't be there yeah. actually on Broadway photographing the things that we need to photograph. Yeah. So that was my only time going. No, but, I had to ask you about it because it seemed like a cool experience. It was uh, the coolest experience that I have ever had as a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, you know, like another thing I'm always kind of curious about, because I think being a photographer and artist, especially in the visual arts, I think a thing people struggle with is like kind of like finding your voice as like a photographer. Is it something that kind of took you a while to find your voice? Is like style and aesthetic something you, you spent a lot of time thinking about? Um, yeah. Cause you're working, when I look at like, especially your portrait stuff, it's like a lot of colors. Like you do a lot of bright color, like backgrounds. It's got a specific, specific like look to it. Um, did it kind of take you a while to kind of find your voice and who you are as an artist, you think? It, yeah, it, it has and it's still constantly evolving. Yeah. Um, I like, as you probably have gathered from this conversation, I'm a very animated person. I'm a pretty bubbly person and so, there's so, like so many trends and things that I see on Instagram in terms of like artwork that I want to be able to create that like cool, moody yep. thing, but that's just not who I am as a person. So it makes sense that my artwork is not, yep. and that it, it follows kind of where I am. Um, in terms of like developing that, that is, has come from a lot of, I think, Oh, this is a good question. Nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's tough. You know, it's like trial and error. Cause I know like when I started, like, I don't know, like when I first got to college, like I was a photo assistant for like this one guy for a long time. And I, and just like from being around him, I just started like shooting that way because I was like, oh, this is the way you shoot. And it, for me, it took me like years to figure out like, oh, I'm going to go mess with some flash and like stuff yeah. like that. Like, do you pay attention to like, like, uh, like what other people are shooting, like looking at magazines and things like that? Like, or how do you, is it this kind of trial and error for you? Cause I look at your site, you did some cool, you did this cool series. I don't know. I think they're like, you shot them in, it's like a portrait and then it's like different colors kind of overlapping oh, each yeah. other and stuff. Like it was a cool uh, series of portraits. Like how did those kind of come together? Yeah. So I guess to, to answer all of those questions, uh, yeah, it's a lot. One, <laughs> which is it, it comes from trial and error is what yeah. I've found. Um, and research. I research constantly i am always on instagram i am always in a magazine just seeing what other photographers are doing yeah. um once again i was talking about like access and budget and and things like that like i didn't i couldn't afford to go to grad school i couldn't afford to take that unpaid internship to really learn from someone else and like get something else's style i couldn't you know and so with that it's making my own education from the school of youtube and then trying to YouTube and Skillshare and reading 
your podcast. <laughs> All right. I really just started this podcast for myself to figure out how people are doing it. So it's, it's really a self, it's a selfish endeavor, Mark, but I'm glad other people are getting stuff out. No, but truly, that's how I found this podcast. Yeah, yeah. I initially reached out, like, I listen to what any bit of information that I can get, I listen to. And yeah. so I'm constantly looking at like other art styles that way and then using whatever resource that I do have um, to experiment and grow. In this case, before I had Playbill, it was figuring out that art style by just shooting my friends and constantly like, learning out loud. Um, and then now that I am, I am at Playbill, it's using this Broadway um, talent pool to make as much and experiment as much as I can. So with that really colorful portrait series, yeah, I've been seeing up. a lot of, um, of... Oh, here it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, I love those. Um, she, um, so with that, I've been seeing a lot of like really bright, colorful graphic art in yeah. magazines like GQ, Paper Magazine has been one of my biggest influences. And I said, what, how can I put that spin in the Broadway sphere? And yeah. so what I did was, um, you have to be smart about it though, because you can't be like, ah, yes, here is the, um, the one shot that I have with, you know, you know, somebody huge, yeah. um, you know, you know, Brian Tyree Henry, like, or Chris Evans, like, this is the one shot that I have with him. And so I'm going to like experiment. Like that is not oh, no. the time. Test, test um, it on your friends and stuff. <laughs> right. That is, that is not it. But instead with that one, you kind of use it's calculated risk. That show that I did that project with was for this, um, this off Broadway show um, that, that didn't have any like quote unquote big names to it. Yeah. It was the jest for the theater out. And the gift of working in the theater space as a photographer is if one of your photos is good, it will blow up and people will see it. If one of your photos is bad and it's just for Broadway, no one beyond like 54th Street and 42nd Street <laughs> will see that. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and so I was like, this seems like I have this idea for a cool campaign. If it goes well, it will be shared and people will love it. If it doesn't go well, like, I'll be fine. Right. Um, and so that's what we did. And it's collaborating um, as well. I'm not a graphic designer, although I get so much of my inspiration from graphic design. Um, yeah. Artists like Jessica Hish and Adam J. Kurtz and, uh, and like so many others like really speak to me. Um, and so I, so I was like, I want to play with this. I'm not a graphic designer. So I just asked our graphic designer at our job and I was like, hey, can you want to partner on this thing? This is what it, I have in my head. And, um, and that's what we came up with. But even those ones that we, um, I put on my portfolio on my website, the original idea was to do, because that shoot that with all those colors was for this, the show was about um, a 1970s psychedelic okay. the interpretation of Macbeth. That's called Scotland PA. It's based on the movie Scotland PA, which is like such stoner humor. <laughs> and so because it's Macbeth and it, I was like, I want something psychedelic and I want it to feel bright. And then each person had two, two shots and it started that the bright one. And then the next shot of them was similarly just as bright, but um, 
had a little bit of blood <laughs> in my okay. gore, but and French fries because it's like this camp thing. <laughs> I was really inspired by what was it, the Scream or Scream Two oh, campaign, yeah, yeah. where it was like all the women in the bathroom, and then the next shot was like them bloody in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like mixing all of these influences, but once again to go back to the original question and then I'll stop ranting about this. It's all right, um, man. It was like, I have this idea, it's being able to research, go back to your influences and then start trying to apply those influences. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna do another shoot like that one anytime soon um, because it is so specific and so niche and it's not where, where I wanna grow as a photographer. But I said to myself, this is my opportunity to make this happen. I will never get a chance to art direct a show like uh, a production like this. This is my shot. I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah, I loved it, man, because like it is it was just so unique. And it was just like I've seen a lot of gel stuff and color stuff in the last few years. But that was just had its own like different kind of uh, like look to it. it. It was real powerful stuff. Um, right. I mean, I feel like that's what we're all kind of doing, too. Not disregarding Broadway, but just as photographers in general, like we all see the trends that are happening. Like we all, and, and we all see like how things are shifting. Sometimes, what was it like, you know, five years ago, it was the trends of like the big overexposed flash with heavy shadow. And then it was now, like H HDR was like heavy, like 10 years ago, HDR, that's super, everything was like over sharpened, like all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And we're all about figuring out those trends and playing with those trends. I love playing with yeah. that, those trends as much as we can. But then for me, it's, trying to figure out who I am as an artist mm -hmm. and to cut through that with, to, to cut through that while also um, being, it's taken me a really long time to also be okay with the fact that I won't have the same voice as say a Mary Ellen Matthews or an Annie Leibovitz yeah. or these other people who like, when you look at their photos, you know that it's in their photo. Yeah. And I am, I will always be, more personality forward than I am my own art forward. It's like why I love commercial work. It's like creative problem solving. And I love that. And yes, it's my voice and, and, and my spirit in it. And, and also like my artistic, you know, aesthetic to some degree. But like for me, I really love figuring out what is, what is the feature? What is the challenge? What is the client? Who's the person? And then figuring out how to shoot them from there. Yeah. And it's like putting your own touch on it. And it's like, yeah. I think that's cool. Like you just experimented on it. And like you said, like, yeah, it was like, I did it and might not do it again, but it's just like another like tool in your arsenal. You know, it's just like you, you've tried it and down the line, you can like use little bits and pieces and put your own touch on it. And you kind of build on it. Wait, can I ask you a question? <laughs> anything you want, man. We're we're it's the photo banter, man. So anything you want to banter, man, <laughs> bring it, Mark. <laughs> well, then my question is like for you, and to to flip that question back to you. What do you find in terms of like how you develop your own voice as a photographer, and I, how do you continue to develop that voice? I think for me, because like when you first start out, yeah, you like try a lot of stuff. Like you try it because you want to play with the gear, and you got the people. I remember like when I was in. In college, like I try, I was super into Platon, so I was like, yeah. all that like wide angle black and white portrait on white. But I realized like that's his thing, not, not mine. But I think now how I view my work is I like photographing like like uh, real people like in their like at their jobs, kind of like documentary. But I like to write it, so it's, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a photojournalist because like I'll like say if I photograph some woman in her house, like if she's in her living room or something. I'll adjust stuff and make it look the way I want it to look. 
So mm-hmm. I, I just like, I like honest portraits. Like that's why I think I always like Richard Avedon, like in the West stuff, because it was just like oil workers, farmers. And not to say that I don't like, I've interviewed plenty of these amazing like entertainment photographers and it's great, but I kind of, I love photographing this kind of real people and their kind of daily life. And this kind of, that's kind of been my approach lately. Uh, yeah. You know, I was thinking as you were talking, like, one of the people that you also had on your show that I really admire and look up to, and I feel like is like the, the peak of this. It's two people. Um, one is Ramona Rosales. Yep. When you see her work, you know that is a Ramona Rosales. Oh, 100%. But at the same time, you're not like, remo- like the subject is the star, not Ramona's aesthetic. And yep. that is the thing that I'm trying to get towards. Yep. Um, and it's the same way with Arch Driver too. Um, like you, like that person's spirit, that tableau, that portrait, that they are the star. Um, and I always, for me, where I'm going, I want a photo to have the Mark J. Franklin touch, but I don't want it to be the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's like hard to find your voice, but you're right. Like, like Ramona, I don't know if you saw it just last week or two weeks ago, she shot the cover of the hollywood reporter and it was like all these big like hollywood actresses but she shot it remote like on zoom or like facetime but it still looked like her work like it was like had that color to it had like the it was crazy i was like man i was like what am i doing wrong man i can't figure it (laughs) (laughs) but man that's that's the growth man you just keep building on it i think it's it's tough but Mm -hmm. that's half the fun i just trying to figure this thing out you know yeah um I had, this is probably a really dorky like theater question because sure. uh, I don't know a lot about Broadway, mm-hmm. but with with everything, like the, when did Hamilton come out? It came out like three years ago. Uh, five years ago, 2015. Five. And then it just last week it came out on Disney, which was like live. Mm-hmm. What, what is it about those like productions? Like, what do you think it is about Hamilton that this like blew it up more than anything? Because like as someone who knows nothing about theater, like for the last five years, all you hear about is Hampton. I need to see Hamilton. It costs like $3,000 to get a ticket to Hamilton. Like right? for, for like the common person who doesn't know, like what is it about that production you think that blew it up? Like That is a good question. Um, and like, if there's any like theater folk listening to this, like don't quote me on this. Um, Cause I'm just like speculating. Um, I think it's a couple of things. Um, one, it was, so that writer um, is incredible. And he had written a Tony Award winning musical called In the Heights before. Yeah. Um, that, was, that was huge. And he is really known for kind of bringing, hip hop has been on Broadway um, before, but he really like, he is a musical theater writer. So he has those roots um but he's also he grew up in new york and he has um you know that sound of the city he knows hip-hop like the back of his hands and it's such like a hip-hop nerd and like hip-hop now today is like our pop culture like it is our pop music and so getting it's a mix of a couple of things because like on the surface, like it's a musical about Alexander Hamilton. That is like the dorkiest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> but he like made it cool by using this music that doesn't typically play on Broadway. It also was super, super diverse. Suddenly you had all of these people of color playing these typical stodgy looking or um, uh, uh, white historical folks and like really busting that out. So I think that is what initially generated the buzz. 
Yeah. And then it became like this, like the same way that we see with like the Kardashians, for instance, yeah. which is like they hit a zeitgeist and then and then made the eco like it's like a culture. It's like a cultural event. Like it's like, it's like a right it's like a cultural event so like they were like this is what's popular and then they became the the pinnacle of what is popular yeah. and so then suddenly instead of them trying to hit that trend they are the trend and people are trying to come to them so with hamilton it was like oh this is like a really good show this is we're trying like this is the thing that's really cool and talented we want to be seen as this really really great thing great now we're the hottest ticket on t- in town suddenly everybody wants to go see it and then you can't go see it. And then people who do get to see it are like, ah, I finally got in a ticket. It becomes this like cycle of like- Did you get to see it? I did get to see it, which is actually funny. This was like the greatest photo barter that I have ever gotten. I saw the original cast um, way back in, I think it was, they opened in the summer of 2015. 15. Yeah. I saw it with the original cast in the winter of 2016, so that January. Damn. And it was because, uh, you know, taking photos, one of my friends was eloping. Um, and she had an extra ticket and she was like, we're eloping, we don't have any money to hire a photographer to shoot this, you know, very small wedding party and reception. If you photograph this for us, can we pay you with the Hamilton ticket? Damn. And at that point, like Hamilton like, was Hell like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like in a heartbeat. And I sat, I photographed it, um, the wedding, I got that ticket. I sat in the very last row <laughs> in the balcony of that theater. And it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, so I, li- so I lived up to the hype. It lived up to it the hype. It lived up to the hype. I mean, but also then at that point too, it was so new. I don't know if it would have lived up to the hype if I saw it five years later, maybe. But And it, I think it still does because one of my friends um, tweeted it or put it on like social media. He just said, Hamilton is Broadway Twitter's Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay, I guess that's funny. <laughs> like, everybody was like tweeting about it the day that it finally came to Disney+. Plus. Um, <laughs> so yeah. like it still, I mean, because it is still like, a revolutionary piece of theater. Um, and then Lin-Manuel, who wrote it, went on to do Moana. He's on HBO. Like, he's still, like, like at the top of the game in terms of theater. <laughs> like, like, what would you say to, like, people, like, because, like, for me, my, I need, I need to go experience it more. Like, I think I've been, in terms of theater, I've been to, like, some, like, holiday plays, like, mm-hmm. like, serious productions, like, at, like, production houses. And I went to, like, Blue Man Group, which mm-hmm. was, it was really interesting. I don't know if, like, theater like people like i don't know if they respect it or not it's kind of a different thing it's like i don't know but but what would you say like people like that have never been to like a broadway show why should they go check it out like what's so like amazing about it like what do you what is what do you take away from like a like when you go to like a, a live show like i'm sure there's some that you go to you walk away with like a certain feeling more than others sometimes right yeah I would say one, before you go see, whether it's a Broadway show or even a show like in your local community or you know in Boston at the Boston Center for the Arts, yep. like do your research. I liken it to like, it's a live TV, it's a live movie. It's, uh, you know, a live movie in the, in the sense that like you're getting a full narrative arc um, and a cathartic experience, except it's live. You're seeing everybody do it on stage 
the experience that you get then is one that you will never get again because you know the performers might be different uh you know the, the choices that they're making it's all happening in front of you but like it's okay for you to not like a certain type of show or anything like i like for instance i in terms of my movie consumption i will love an indie film like if it's like an indie film where nothing happens but everything happens i will love it yeah. But I'm probably not going to watch like a horror movie. Yeah. And it's the same way with Broadway. You might love a Hamilton, but like you don't want to go see Cats. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote that. I'm going to quote that. Yeah, like, it's not for you. And, and like, or you might love a musical, but don't want to go sit and see a two and a half hour play. Like, yeah. I'm going to be very honest. I even work in this industry and I'm always like, I don't want to go sit in a two and a half hour play. <laughs> yeah. like, it's it's, it's work. It's all subjective. So I can see what you love and there's probably a show that happens that like is in that, even if it's like a play about sports or if it's a play about, you know, politics, like those exist. So yeah. just do what you love and figure it out. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. And I, <laughs> and I noticed um, uh, back to the Instagram, I was doing my research. He photographed some, a guy named Stephen uh, Sondheim. I think that's how you put it. Yes, And you said it was the one of the most powerful days of your career um what was that all about it looks like he was like speaking or something but what, maybe you could talk a little yeah. bit about that so the circumstance around that was um it was a powerful day because it was at a memorial for a theater producer named Hal Prince um and the reason why um it was so powerful is because they are theater legends um they, you know Hal unfortunately passed away but like his work he was the one who produced Phantom of the Opera. He is the one who produced um, so many classics like Company, which is like a, a Into the Woods. I think that was him. Yeah. Um, all of these incredible shows that are, are, are forever in theater history. And Stephen Sondheim is, is the composer and lyricist for those. Stephen Sondheim did lyrics. I believe he did lyrics. Yeah, he did lyrics for West Side Story. Damn. He did lyrics for, like I said, Into the Woods, Company, TV and Film. He's worked with so many legends like Patti LuPone, um, you know, all of these people. And so that day, it already was a somber mood. And I think, um, as we're honoring this person. And for for Hal Prince's memorial, what they did was they had um, speeches from people who he's collaborated with. Stephen Sondheim was one of them. Um, and so he had speeches from people who he collaborated with, mixed with performances of shows that he helped produce or direct. Wow. And so, um, like Cabaret, which everybody knows, and it's also like in Schitt's Creek, like how Prince did that, like so many of these shows. And I think for me, like I said, I don't know how long I will be specifically in the theater niche, yeah. but it will always be something that I love and getting to be in these rooms with these people that I have admired since I was a kid um, or growing up, that will never get old to me. I like... I loved Into the Woods growing up and suddenly here's this man who did yeah. it. I remember when the Sweeney Todd movie came out, like, and suddenly here's this man who wrote it, who was heavy there. And I was the photographer. That was a freelance project. That wasn't through Playbill. And so the fact that I was the one chosen to yeah. photograph that, like, I was like, 
one, so nervous because if Stephen Sondheim gives a speech and something is wrong, you do not, you don't get a redo of that. No, no, no. <laughs> so I was nervous, but then also like seeing your heroes, but then also being like, I'm in this community with my heroes as well. Like I'm a part of this now. Yeah. It is um, humbling and terrifying and also just like, I don't yeah. know. I don't that's, powerful. that's powerful, man. That's, that's yeah. amazing. A um, couple more questions. I'll let you go. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, uh, it's crazy times last four months with, especially with like your business, like you said, they're not having any productions until January. Um, a lot of people aren't working. Um, I guess, what are you kind of been doing with your time? Are you still this full time at Playbill? I know you just released a brand new website. I mm -hmm. guess what kind of last four months been for you and like everything going on? For me personally, it's been a mix of like the needs of um, the publication and then also my own personal needs, yeah. um, which goes back to like what I was doing when I was in Boston. Like I'm going to do my own creative practice while also working full time. Like except photography. So I feel so happy. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so for the for Plato, I am lucky. I'm still working full time. Um, and with that, since Broadway shut down and we don't have the typical events that we're doing. So yeah. I'm mostly focusing on creating photo essays and photo content that keep our audience engaged visually, yeah. um, whether that is through photo quizzes, um, lookbacks, celebrations of like people's birthdays or anniversaries of shows, and then also reaching out to do features that really tell stories um, visually, um, that kind of depict this moment in time in history the same way that you know you know new york times might do a photo essay on the look of what's happening at the coronavirus for me that's just looking at what's happening with the coronavirus pandemic yep. on broadway so we'll see if it happens but um but for instance i just pitched a story where i asked um, um a broadway actor who also has a passion for photography to do a photo essay Nice. Depicting what a day is like now that he is out of work as a as a Broadway photographer, yep. um, as a Broadway actor, what does that look like? Yep. To both show what it is like to our audience. Once again, it's just getting that same level of access so they can see what it's like in this community. Then they're also like for just political reasons. There are. You know, the, there's the push for unemployment, you know, uh, to extend unemployment benefits. Yeah. Um, and so being able to show that, depict that, helps give a voice for the reason why we need this. Um, so it's a, a little bit of that. So in addition to kind of the fluffy stuff of like 40, here's a picture of 43 yeah, yeah. songs yeah. you should know. Here's also a photo essay looking at like, what is it like to be a black person protesting yeah. who also is a Broadway actor, you know? Yeah. So I'm yeah. doing a lot of that for Playbill. And then while for my own personal practice, while I'm not photographing, it's doing a lot of that admin work, you know, updating my website, going through my archives. I need to like make a new email domain for myself. So it's not just like a Gmail one, but like really like marketing. Oh, your name. Yeah. All that stuff. So doing a lot of the business stuff so that when photography does come back more in a substantial way, I'm ready to jump. One of the things that I've, like I said earlier, um, with my career that I've gotten to where I have been, um, was, it has been a mix of luck, but then also doing the work myself so that when opportunities arise, I'm able to like jump on the lucky moment. 
And yeah. I want to be able to just be prepared. <laughs> well, I think it's smart, man. Like just hear you talking, like you, you kind of just make stuff happen. Like you're pitching ideas, you're like working on projects. And I think like, I think I learned that myself. Like a lot of times when for you're like some big time photographer, everyone knows your name. Like you, you just got to make shit happen. Like you reach out to these magazines, like throw ideas out there. Cause sometimes it can go your way. Um, cause like with your website, like, what are you hoping to do with that? Cause like being a full-time playbill, or are you still able to like, um, they kind of give you a flexibility if you get an assignment for, I don't know, the New York times or GQ, yeah. you can still kind of work on those things yourself. Mm-hmm. I am really lucky. I have the softest non-compete in the entire world, <laughs> um, which is I just can't be hired by my theater publication competitors. Got it. So, and there's like four or five sites that in that, yeah. that I can't, but like, let's say I get hired by the New York Times, 100%, I can go do that. Um, I, let's say, hypothetically speaking, I shoot something for Playbill, but it, a, a larger cultural publication wants to license that photo, yeah. I am able to do that. So that's how I initially have gotten published in the New York Times in Vogue and some of these other places because I have access to the theater space, if they need a photo that I've already shot, yeah. I'm able to license that work out. And then also being hired by companies, like I've gotten hired by Disney on Broadway. That's okay. how I got to shoot Hillary Clinton, which was- Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> um, but like I got to photograph Hillary Clinton, which was, that is the coolest experience that I've ever had in my entire life. But yeah. that was, I was hired by Disney on Broadway and then they clearly sent those out to our theater competitors. Yeah. But I wasn't hired by our theater competitors for that. I was hired by Disney on Broadway. And that client just so happened to send those photos out to everyone. Um, cool. So, like, my non-compete is very soft. I <laughs> not going with it. It stays that way. <laughs> That's good, man. And I guess to wrap up, like, like, what's next, man? Like, I know you said, like, you don't know if you're going to stay within the theater thing forever. Like, what's kind of, what's kind of the goals? Like, what's, what's on the next, like, year or two, man? Like, any kind of goals you got for yourself, photo-wise, or anything you're hoping to work on? Obviously, it's kind of crazy times now with the pandemic, but forgetting that aspect of it, like, what's kind of the goals for Mark, man? Yeah, um, um, so many. I'm very goal-oriented. I'm the type of person who I make a to-do, a to-do list every single day of my life. It's smart. Um, I like love ch- checking the box and like crossing it off. Um, and so for my goals for the next few years, on just a very base level in a very general way, I've been using this time to, like I said, look back at my archives. I'm also seeing what other people are doing. So I really just want to keep researching. And I, when we come back, I want to photograph better than I have ever photographed in my entire life. Um, so I want to do that. I want to keep growing. I think my next step outside of this, I either want to go full-time freelance or I want to be hired at another editorial magazine that is more entertainment focused. Um, I am also very aware that like staff photographer jobs do not exist, but like, even if that is like, you know, working as a photo editor for a Conde Nast publication or, you know, or even like, it would have to be a specific news organization like the New York Times or, you know, um, CNN or something like that. But I would be open to being a photo editor there. But I think I really just want to keep telling stories full time and visually yeah. in that front. But I think you're like, I think you're in a good spot because like you, now that you've worked at Playbill for so long, you've built this portfolio of like all these amazing actors and when people at other magazines that aren't like theater based, they'll look at that and they'll be like, oh, this is like, 
it gives you like almost like a validity to it. It's like, oh, this is legit. We can hire him to do this or whatever. So it's like yeah. you already put in all that work. So I think I think you're sitting in a pretty good spot, man. Yeah. But I took, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm sitting in a good spot and I'm just trying to use those the community around me in the smartest way possible. And, and like, once again, to build up that community that I love, but then also be like, why don't I do that editorial spread that feels like it could be in GQ, so like GQ will hire me. They will, um, man. I feel like though my long-term dream, I keep going back to this person because he's like my favorite photographer. Right. I want to be an arch driver. Oh, arch driver is your favorite photographer. Um, I mean, it's hard to put like the yeah. one, but like yeah. I go back to like him and Mark Seliger and Ramona and so many and like Jeff Lipsky and these folks. Like I wanna I wanna do what they do. I'm gonna do commercial work and I'm gonna do editorial portraiture full time. No doubt, man. I, you're gonna, man. There ain't no question about it. I know it, man. <laughs> Thank you. I'll check back in with you in like two years. Yeah, Don't hold me to this. We'll see what happens. Yeah, but. man. Well, Mark, <laughs> man, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. I'm glad we connected. Um, for people listening, if they want to check out more of your work, where's the best place for them to go? Um, everywhere online. I'm just at Mark J Franklin. So Perfect. on Instagram at Mark. Oh, Mark is with a C. So M A R C J Franklin on Instagram and Twitter. And then also my website is just markjfranklin.com. And it's brand new. So I'll put the link and people can go okay. check out that new freshness, man. It's all it's good stuff up there. But, thank uh, yeah. you, thank you. Mark, and then thanks also, so much. I just want to say too, once again, like doing this podcast has been an honor. Like I looked to this podcast i found it to to get more resources for artists and to continue learning my own craft and when i re initially reached out to you it literally was just to be like i love this podcast and so i feel really <laughs> honored to yeah, be man. featured uh, in this yeah, i loved your work man i'm glad you reached out you're doing badass stuff and i was like really excited to talk to you about this theater world because i don't know anything about it so it's really <laughs> hopefully i didn't ask too many theater questions because it was really no, interesting no, no. kind of hearing what you're doing man so i can't <laughs> no, thank you enough of course, it was great. So there you have it. That was the Mark J. Franklin interview. I just want to thank Mark so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to him about everything he's been working on within uh, Playbill and Broadway and all the other projects he shoots. Uh, really talented photographer, so can't thank him enough. Uh, definitely go check out Mark's website at Mark J. Franklin. That's M-A-R-C-J-Franklin.com, as well as his Instagram at Mark J. Franklin. I'll put the link in the description, but definitely go check out his work. Lots of cool projects and stuff he's uh, posting up there. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on iTunes, Spotify, as well as our new YouTube channel, The Photo Banter. And as well, you can check my Instagram at Alex Gagne Photo for any updates for anything going on with the photo banter. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.